Thanks for listening to the Tribe Church Podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from some members of our community in what we call Tribe Stories. They're interviews with followers of Jesus here in our church, living in our context, and working to apply the teachings of Jesus to their lives. They serve as living illustrations of discipleship today, and we hope that they encourage you in your journey as well. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Um, for those of you I haven't met yet, I'm Deb. I'm not Elias's wife. I'm the other preacher's wife, Christians. Uh, Rachel is Elias's wife. And uh, I just want to say thank you, Elias, wherever you've disappeared to, that was a wonderful worship service and sermon. Um, I'm thinking about the liturgy and the organization of the practice of our worship. There, there, there were words in there that I needed to really focus on. Um, the organization of the practices of our worship. Because when I think of Sabbath and what it means to practice a Sabbath, I don't think of organization uh, too much. Like, I'm not a super organized person. And I think sometimes people will look at me and go, oh, you homeschool, you must be super organized. But I'm not at all. But practicing the Sabbath has forced me to become a bit more organized with my time. Because what I've learned is that it's not really just a day, like one day that we Sabbath, but it's entering into this, um, as Elias called it, rhythm, this Sabbath rhythm of life where it's not just one day, but it's how you live all seven days. How you live the first six days will determine what the seventh day of rest looks like and whether or not we prepare for it. And this changes over time. So Christian has shared before that we've, um, we've been doing this for a while, uh, probably over a decade. I think our girls were, Deanna was probably middle school, and the girl, my two younger, Vivi and Bella, were in elementary school when we started practicing the Sabbath. And um, that's changed over time. So actually, the reason Rachel and I are both out here together is because we're going to talk about what that looks like for moms. Um, it's, a, yeah, it's an adventure. It's a joy and a delight, but it's not always as um, peaceful and restful as one might think. So I'm going to let Rachel share about what it looks like when they're little, and then we'll come back and I'll share a bit about what it looks like now in this season of life, because it's changed for me. Rachel, why don't you go ahead? Thank you. Um, I'm going to start with a little backstory. So in 2016, 2017, that um, fall, winter, I um, went through a really hard time in my life. I had just come out of having three under two for almost a year. So now I had three under three. And I think life kind of caught up with me. We had just planted a church. Elias and I were leading the singles too. He was doing worship. And it rained like nine months out of the year. So I was in the house trying to, to work full time and trying to raise my kids who are very, very little. Um, and I just started to fall apart, like emotionally. I really did. I started getting panic attacks. I had no idea what those were. My face, I got um, vitiligo, where you start to lose the, the color in your skin. So my face started like getting whiter and whiter, and it kept spreading. And I didn't know what was happening to me. And the doctors ran all these tests, and it came out that it was, that it was stress. And uh, I couldn't imagine why I was so stressed, but I was stressed nonetheless. And, and my body was reacting to it, and I didn't know what to do. And I thought maybe the Holy Spirit had left me. Like, why can't I keep up with the life that God is giving me? 
And, um, and I started, you know, just diving into the scriptures, trying to find an answer. Um, I remember desperately reading stuff and trying to, like, put it on me like, like a nicotine patch. You know, like, if I read and believe this, like, that'll change me, and, and it wouldn't. And um, I finally rested on the scripture in Isaiah. Rest, it says, in rest in, in repentance and rest is your salvation. It says, but you would have none of it. You know, like you read and it's like, oh. So I started to really reevaluate my life and my schedule and the things that I said yes to and the things that I said no to, et cetera, et cetera. And lo and behold, my skin filled back in. I stopped having panic attacks. I completely thought I was cured. And, uh, you know, thank you, God. That was awesome. Move on. Uh, the following year, Elias, what he shared today in response to what he was going through, he started really leaning into the spiritual practices. He started um, Sabbathing. He started teaching it to our church. And I remember that I felt a lot of resistance because he would be taking naps and just <laughs> going for long walks. And I was still at home. By this time, it was four under four. And I'm like, that's nice. You could take a nap. That's great that you're Sabbathing. Like, I'm still feeding everybody. Oh, okay, I'm still doing that. Okay, I'm still changing diapers. Great. So, so I had a lot of resistance and uh, a lot of resentment towards this practice. Um, yeah, I wish that I had remembered like the breakthrough that I had had. But it's a lot easier, and maybe you guys can relate when you take something on because you needed it, kind of like a reaction to something that's happening versus taking on a yoke or work, even if it's Jesus's, <laughs> like actually submitting yourself to that because you should. Um, so I think that was a little bit of the rebellious resistance in me that kept me from doing that. I went away to a mother's conference because as you would have it, I feel like God gave me children to humble me and to lead me to him more gently. My kids really are like, they will, make, they will cause me to want to repent more than anything. Like, I love all of you guys, but not as motivating as my kids when it comes to wanting to repent and change. And I went away to a mother's weekend. You were there. And the whole weekend was on Sabbath. And I thought, okay. All right, I give up. I'll do it. So came home. We started doing it as a family, and it's been quite a journey. It's been four years, um, and you know we've I've shared up here a couple of times just how it's a lot of failure. Really, it's a lot of failure because we don't know how to rest, and because our lives are so complicated. And um, and so I I don't want to share that as a mom you're gonna find these like extended hours of just like peace and rest because it's not true, it really isn't. Um, there's still so much that you have to do. Your kids still need you at home. Um, you still have to break up the fights and still get them food and and still teach them and nurture them and engage with four that talk at the same time and about different things and that happens all day long regardless of it being Sabbath. But the gift that's really been giving to me that I feel like God is continuously giving to me through, through this practice is a space to reflect. It's really like I, I finally have a space to examine the things that I let into my life. In the shuffle of the day-to-day, -day, these might be passing thoughts, but there isn't the space to really consider it. Um, and then when you try to, I feel like I get agitated or impatient or, um, but this day really helps me to like, okay, why do I do the things that I do? 
as a family with my kids, like if I'm not going to do X on Sabbath or I am going to do it, why? Like what's the why behind it? What are my motives really? Is it bringing me closer to God? Is it helping me delight in my children? Because I could do all the right things, right? We can wake up late and eat pancakes and eat a bunch of sugar and, and do all the things that seem really fun and delightful. But what's the why? Is it because I just want to luxuriate in leisure? <laughs> like, is that, is that really my why? Is it because I don't want to be bothered that day? Um, I don't know. It's really giving me back that seeking out the meaning of my life, if that makes sense, that I think plagues all of us. We just don't have the time to actually have that conversation with ourselves and with God. So I feel like that's been the biggest gift, to practically examine everything that comes in whether that's things that I'm doing, things that I'm thinking, that I'm watching, that I'm listening to, and asking why, and is this good for me? Is this good for my family? And like Deb says, it spills over into the rest of the week, right? I took off all social media from my phone. It's been weeks. I don't miss it because I understand the why now. It's not some fad, or it's not like, that's what we're going to do for church. I took it off because of the things, when I had the space to examine what was coming in through them, it wasn't anything that was aligning myself up with Jesus, if that makes sense. Um, and just to finish, like another practical, because as moms of littles, we have a lot of activities that kids kids do. Um, my kids play soccer, they play basketball, and it's on Saturdays. And it's for like, you know, just a few weeks. But we really sat down and exam. we had the space to examine, well, what is this going to mean for our family? And can we rest in it? Can we delight in it? And we've really found a way to integrate that in our practice of Sabbath. And my kids are, we're happy at the games, they're happy, it's not stressful. So that's just like a little practical illustration. But Thank you. I love your humility and uh, just how open and honest you are about what the Sabbath feels like when you have little kids. And also, I just want to encourage you, my friend, your day is coming. <laughs> there is a father-son camp coming up. Woohoo! Rachel heard that, Elias, and she was like, did you hear it? Did you hear it? all the boys are going to be gone? So your Sabbath rest, it awaits you. Um, I remember this feeling of um, being led by my husband, which I really appreciate, too, right? And his Sabbaths were inspiring and annoying. When they first started for the same reason, and Christian shared a little bit about that, for me it was harder. It really was. I felt like, okay, um, Saturdays, that's like the busiest day in the women's ministry, I'm a women's ministry leader, so how are we going to do that? Because baby showers, bridal showers, weddings, everything, birthday parties, it all happens on a Saturday. And the more kids you have, the more events there are. And then there are preteen events, and then there are teen events. I was a dance mom for many years, and there are dance competitions. I'm like, how do we do this on a Saturday? And I'll be honest with you, when we started, we didn't. We, we couldn't, really. We did Mondays. Um, the beauty of homeschooling is that we had a flexible schedule in the time we lived in California. I think Christian mentioned this once before. We had what we called Malibu Mondays, and they were a joy. And I miss Malibu. Yeah. I really do. I miss the beach. I miss those times. But we shifted somewhere in there, somewhere probably around the time we moved to Texas, to Saturdays. And again, that was a challenge for me. Like, how are we going to do this. That, by that time, Deanna was in college, and Vivi and Bella were uh, entering the preteen ministry. And again, lots of activities, lots of driving. We live south. 
if you don't know, the entire teen ministry functions in the north. So that's a lot of commuting. And we would divide and conquer. And honestly, I think what helped me most was adapting this posture of heart that we, as you said, delight. We delight in our children. So we would divide and conquer. We'd pick one thing. They get to do one thing that day. And whether it's a birthday party or an activity prior to the evenings, Saturday evenings, everything in the teen ministry runs on Saturday nights, uh, not Friday nights like it does elsewhere because football. Right, that's all I'm gonna say. So on Saturdays, we would adopt this posture of heart that we were going to delight in our children, that it's our pleasure to spend this time with them. Oh. See, this is where I transition into the next season of life where they're going off. Um, and what Sabbathing looks like now, I must say, yesterday was like the best Sabbath that I had because none of my girls were home. Um, no, they're a joy. They, they really are. They're a joy, and I delight in them. But it made it easier for me to, to rest. And um, my kids will tell you, though, when they are there, one of the things they love about the Sabbath is that it means no chores. No chores. So, right? Okay, so if you've been doing chores on Saturdays, you have to change that. Switch that up. Try and get them done on Fridays or Sunday evenings. Wrap up any of the homework, anything else, um, either by Friday night or Sundays, but not on Sabbath day. My girls love that they don't have to do the dishes. No one makes their bed on a Saturday. Really, it's... <laughs> It's a delight, uh, especially for our girls. But now as they're um, moving into the next season of life, right, where all will be off in college, um, I've, started, I've started thinking about the Sabbath rest differently. And um, y'all know that I can cry doing an announcement, so this is no <laughs> surprise. But um, Christian mentioned at the beginning of service that my mom had open heart surgery a few weeks ago. Actually, I'm going to tell you all now because it's quicker to get out of the way. Uh, she's doing much better. She's in a rehabilitation facility for PT and OT. Hopefully, over the course of the next week or two, she'll be coming home. I'll be going back to Colorado um, Thursday. On Tuesday, I will go to Charleston. My, um, my cousin-in-law passed away last week. So the reason I mention this is because it's shaping the way I view what it means to enter God's rest. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I've been studying this book that I love. Um, the guys have been sharing different books, and I'll, we'll post them. I'll post this later. It's called Mudhouse Sabbath, and it's written by a Jewish woman, a woman who was raised Jewish and then became Christian. And she shares about um, reclaiming some of her practices, the Sabbath being one of them. And there are different chapters in there about how that looks practically. Mudhouse is just the coffee shop that she goes to on her Sabbath. Mudhouse Sabbath. And one of the chapters is on mourning and grieving and how collectively they mourn together. And while it's um, been a great time of reflection and looking deeper into things as my mom has gone through this open heart surgery, two of my dear friends lost their moms in the last month. And um, one of them actually just Friday, it was, he's an Episcopalian priest, and so he got to perform last rites for his mom, and she passed away on his birthday. Right? So imagine that. And I think about what, what does that mean when we're going to enter God's rest eternally? 
when forever we're, we're resting with him. And I've been reading um, Hebrews, well, starting some in Exodus about when God calls them to enter his rest, and then in Hebrews 3 and 4 about those who didn't enter God's rest, and I don't want to be one of those people, and uh, what it means for us to enter the Sabbath rest every week, that we get to practice this time with him, that we get to spend a day with God. What an amazing gift that we get to spend a day with God and rest with him and enter his Sabbath rest once a week so that someday we will get to enjoy what it means to enter into his Sabbath rest eternally. And I think it's such a precious and beautiful thing and such an honor, such a gift and such an honor um, that we're called to that. So those are my thoughts on Sabbath now. And thanks. Thanks.